Hello, my name is Josh Volan, and um, I'm a fourth-year medical student out here in Michigan. I'm going to Atlanta next year to do my TY year at Emory, and then I'll be doing my radiology at Emory as well, radiology residency as well. You know, it's a funny thing um, doing these recordings. I hope that you're finding value in them as you go through them. It's, uh, you know, it's actually sort of tough uh, putting this information together. So if you... Um, like this and find it useful, please uh, share it with your friends. Even if you just listen, you know, on your off time, um, I hope that you're finding some use for this, uh, you know, as you go and prepare for your exams or just want to rehash stuff as you get closer to uh, dedicated and step. So in our last um, uh, podcast, we talked about chromatin and chromosomes and how... Uh, you know, they interact with histones and how, you know, histones increase the uh, uh, probability of the segment uh, being transcribed or replicated based on its uh, increasing hyperacetylation. Well, now that we've talked about that, let's get into what um, transcription is. So DNA can be replicated, which we talked a little bit about, but it also can be transcribed. What is transcription? Well, transcription is the process of RNA polymerase, not DNA polymerase, but RNA polymerase, reading RNA or reading DNA and making RNA. Okay, so you're transcribing DNA into RNA. There's a few different types of RNA, and I'm going to quickly mention them. There's rRNA or ribosomal RNA. This is made in the nucleolus. You'll maybe remember that from our first podcast, and it's created by um, RNA polymerase 1. It's then transported out into uh, the cytosol, um, and um, basically that's, uh, you know, uh, ribosomes and ribosomal RNA is what is like sort of the scaffolding for mRNA, uh, which is another type of RNA. Um, this is made by RNA polymerase 2, and it's what ends up being the sort of recipe for proteins. It, so RNA is the scaffolding for mRNA to come in and then be matched to its corresponding tRNA, which is made by RNA polymerase 3. Um, tRNA basically has uh, a special type of, I'll, I'll try to describe it in a later episode, a later episode but it has a specific conformation. Um, and at the base of it, it has three corresponding, um, uh, basically, uh, um, base pairs to whatever the mRNA base pair is. Um, and if it matches, it will uh, basically transfer amino acid over, and then you create these long chains of amino acids. And if you know what proteins are made of, you'll know that proteins are made of long chains of amino acids. So hopefully that gives you an idea of the importance of transcription, and then what eventually, uh, you know, it'll go on. Uh, transcription makes RNA, which eventually is translated into proteins. Um, so again, that's RNA, ribosomal RNA made by pol uh, RNA polymerase 1, mRNA is made by RNA polymerase 2, and then tRNA uh, is made by RNA polymerase 3. Let me give you an overview of the important parts of transcription before we get into the actual steps, okay? Or maybe I should talk about the steps first. 
Let's talk about the steps first. There's the pre-initiation phase of transcription, right? This is the formation of the complex that's required for uh, to bind RNA polymerase. I don't know if you remember from our previous podcast, but DNA polymerase doesn't just bind right away. A few things have to happen. You have to have a RNA uh, primase. Um, you have to then have a helicase. You need a bunch of basically what I would describe as replication factors to bind before you can have the polymerase, DNA polymerase bind. Well, the same thing happens here, right? You have to form a complex that basically um, tempts RNA polymerase into binding and replicating, or I'm sorry, transcribing the DNA. So this is called the pre-initiation phase. Once you have pre-initiation and you have this complex, right, this complex will bind to certain promoter sequences, okay? This Formation um, is going to bind to promoter sequences. Specifically, um, there's different types, but it's, you know, um, basically it's a congregation of proteins uh, at the transcription start site. There's also, um, you know, uh, transcription factors that bind. And then there's also this thing um, called the uh, TATA box and CAT box. And what the TATA box and CAT box are, they're specific regions that are upstream from the transcription start site. This is high yield, what I'm about to say. These are important numbers to remember. 15 to 30 units upstream from the transcription start site is where you're gonna find the TATA box, and even farther up, 75, 150, um, uh, basically, uh, nucleotides upstream from uh, the transcription start site is where you're gonna find the cat box. The TATA box are these, um, basically, it's a core promoter site, it's a, it's um, TATA um, re repeats um, that basically ensure proper placement of the RNA uh, polymerase. And then the C, uh, the CAT box, which is GC rich regions, which is even further upstream than the TATA box, um, also does, uh, you know, basically it ensures the, um, the frequency of transcription. This is a lot. And I don't want you to get overwhelmed with this. What you need to know is that after the pre-initiation phase, uh, the initiation phase is going to happen. The initiation phase is going to lead to the RNA polymerase binding. And the reason that the RNA polymerase is going to bind at a specific place is because of the not only the initiation sequence, which we'll talk about later, but we're, but also the um, you know where the TATA and CAT box are. Okay, so that's why I bring it up during the initiation phase of transcription. Once you have RNA polymerase bound to the DNA, right, uh, a holoenzyme is going to bind to the DNA, unwind it, similar to a helicase, and then you're going to have elongation, which is the third step of transcription. Okay, after you've elongated enough, um, you're going to get the ending of elongation. Right, and you're gonna have your mRNA. Okay, so after you have mRNA, and by the way, like this same process happens with tRNA, it happens with um, rRNA, but there's a specific thing that happens with mRNA, and it's during the processing phase. After transcription, you basically have this mRNA, right? And without processing, it would rapidly basically get broken down. So you want your mRNA to be able to be exported out of the nucleus to a ribosome, right? So you have to process it. So there's a few things that happen. Specifically for mRNA, polymerase 2, your RNA polymerase for making mRNA will attach a 5' guanosine cap. That's unique and specific only to mRNA, right? Polymerase 2 
attaches a 5' guanosine cap to mRNA. Polymerase 1 does not do this. Polymerase 3 does not do this. Second, a um, polyadenylation signal, which is uh, literally an AAUAAA at the 3' end, um, which is added via a poly-A polymerase, um, which adds you know a chain of adenines one at a time. Anyways, point being is what this does is at the three prime end, it will signal an endonuclease to to basically process and cut um, twenty nucleotides below it. Okay, this is similar to like a telomere, right? You don't want like an endo. You don't want to like you want to process it so you're not having this insanely long mRNA strip, but you don't want to cut it prematurely and um, you know cut out like basically important segments of your mRNA that will be that should have been used to make the protein, right? So this is how your body has evolved to do that. It may it adds a uh, polyadenylation signal, okay? And then there's introns and exons uh, that are a part of um, your mRNA, right? And introns are non-coding um, basically sequences of DNA. Um, that basically won't end up being in the protein, and those get spliced out. Okay, the exons remain, and when you have when you've spliced out all the introns and just the exons remain, that is ready to go. That can go to a ribosome. The ribosome will read it, and you will make a protein that's functional. Okay, those introns are important to remove, and what and they're removed by this thing called a spliceosome. This takes place in the nucleus. Okay, all of this is taking place in the nucleus. I need you to remember that. So. What happens is along the basically along this mRNA segment, you would get a question, and it'd ask you to identify the introns. Okay, and the way you would do that is you would look along the mRNA, you would look for GU, and then once you find the GU, it would be on the five prime side of the mRNA. Okay, so you would look at the five prime side, you'd look for GU. Once you find a GU, you would then keep reading, keep reading, and then you'd find AG. You'd be like GU AG, great. That is an intron. Whatever between that segment, that's an intron. And the, what a spliceosome is going to do is it's going to loop that. It's going to basically create a loop called a lariat and snip the intron away. And then it's going to reattach the exons together. It's going to rebind those. So you're shortening the mRNA, getting rid of your introns, the parts that won't become active uh, protein, and you now have just exons. Um, I, you know this is important, and this is uh, and the reason why it's important to understand that is because there's a difference between eukaryotic um, mRNA and prokaryotic mRNA. When you splice out these segments um, in prokaryotic cells, you can make different types of proteins. You can have this like basically you can have different ways of splicing introns to create different types of proteins, right? So as you read DNA, right, you make one mRNA that ends up making all of your different proteins that your prokaryotic um, cell would need. And you got to remember, prokaryotes are um, bacteria, right? Like these are, these are pathogens. This is, the reason why it's important to understand that is because when you're trying to understand how to basically um, fight these diseases, you're going to target things like their transcription. You're going to target replication. That's what you're going to target. So it's important for you to understand. And the, what, the, what I want your takeaway to be is that prokaryotic DNA can make a, a mRNA that ends up making multiple proteins, whereas eukaryotic mRNA can only be spliced one way to make one kind of protein. Okay? Okay. If we're, if we're, I hope we're on the same page at this point. So drugs that can affect this, 
There's a few of them. I'm just going to name them. We're going to get into specifics of drugs, MOAs, all of that much later on. What I want you to take away from this lecture are three kinds of drugs. Rifampin, which is used for TB. It's part of ripe therapy. You'll learn about this when we go in, uh, over it in a much later podcast um, in respiratory uh, and episodes for respiratory. We'll go through it all. But what rifampin does is it keeps RNA bound to the promoter site. Okay, So you're, it won't be able to basically release. Right? Um, actinomycin prevents RNA polymerase from moving along the DNA. And uh, amanitin binds RNA polymerase and inhibits it. You're not going to get tested about these most likely, but just important for you to understand that these are three drugs that directly um, basically target RNA transcription and it kills bacteria. And this has been an effective way for us to fight bugs. So just something cool. It's the first time we're looking at sort of like a clinical correlation, I would say. For the stuff we're learning and this is like let me throw back this is a little bit more big picture stuff not necessarily related to transcription but anytime you're learning about something you need to be focusing on stuff that's clinically relevant in undergrad maybe you were testing on stuff that was just good to know but you're training to become a doctor so i want you to when you're going through this stuff i want you to understand you know if if we affect the initiation or elongation phase how is this going to mess up either our biology, uh, human biology, or how can we utilize, uh, or like how could this affect bug, ba uh, bug biology and we use it to our advantage. So again, things to take away, uh, a general summary from this episode, the types of RNA there are, there's tRNA, rRNA, mRNA. I didn't mention microRNA, but this microRNA is a, is a subset of RNA that stays in the nucleus and can actually help regulate uh, gene expression. Uh, overviews of transcription. I want you to remember things like the TATA box and the CAT box. Um, I want you to remember pre-initiation complexes and what they what they're made of, and then also um, the regulatory regions, which I mentioned, like the TATA box and the CAT box. I want you to remember different types of RNA polymerase, uh, specifically RNA polymerase one, which makes ribosomal RNA, RNA polymerase two which makes mRNA and microRNA, and then RNA polymerase 3, which makes tRNA or transcription RNA. Um, at least that's how I remember it, transcription RNA. Um, and then finally, I want you to remember RM mRNA processing, specifically uh, the 5' prime uh, guanosine cap, the 3' prime poly A tail, and then the splicing of introns, um, splicing out of introns and the keeping of exons. And then specifically the difference between prokaryotic DNA how it can be made into mRNA, which then can be coded into multiple proteins, whereas eukaryotic mRNA can just make one mRNA. We'll see you in the next episode. We're going to be talking about translation, which is the next stage after transcription. This is the central dogma. We're going to be talking about how mRNA is turned into proteins. Um, super high yield stuff here. This is all over step one exams. This is easy points on exam day. So um, hopefully uh, we're on the same page. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode.